0: another edition of the degenerate hawkeyes podcast trent and biz talking the winning iowa hawkeyes for the first time in 2020 we can say i guess since the bowl game that iowa had uh, picked up a victory but even that was back in december so here we are biz they get it done and absolutely club michigan state felt like iowa football again you know, why can't we just do
1: that every week trent it seemed pretty simple uh, you know it, that was uh you could pretty much tell from the get-go that uh, Michigan State was either uh, just not very good or wasn't very motivated to be there because that was a, that was an old-fashioned butt-whooping.
0: It was, and uh, from the get-go, loved the play calling, very diversified, doing different things out of different formations. It, it also leads down that path is why can't that happen all the time? What do, why does it have to take an 0-2 star? Why does it take getting shut out in the second half against Northwestern to to see those types of game plans come out?
1: Well, I think part of that, you give credit to the first two opponents a little bit. I mean, Northwestern's linebackers were literally night and day different from Michigan State's linebackers. Everything we did as far as, uh, you know, any motion, anything like that, they uh, they bought into a hook, line, and sinker. I mean, Michigan State's uh, linebackers kind of reminded me of USC's. They were uh, not very disciplined. When on, on the flip side, uh, Northwesterns were obviously really, really good and, and you know, I think it's pretty simplistic to say uh, you know we could have gotten away with the same game plan against Northwestern because, uh, like I said, you could tell right from the get-go, just, just straight runs up the middle. We were moving them three, four lot yards up line of scrimmage instead of being uh, pushed backwards up line of scrimmage.
0: Physical, tough, and even doing it without a couple of starting offensive linemen, we'll see what kind of changes that's going to lead to. Certainly going forward, but you couple that all together, and the other thing, and I felt bad because I know the kid, but Rocky Lombardi, uh, the former Valley Tiger, he was not very good.
1: I don't feel bad for anybody that chooses to leave the state of Iowa <laughs> and, and go play somewhere else, Trent. That's, uh, yeah. It's too bad for him he didn't choose to be a Hawkeye. I know, I know the Hawks were not going to let him be a quarterback, but I, from everything I heard, they were happy to. Uh, have him come here and play somewhere else, something else. Which uh, After watching Saturday, it certainly seems that the Hawks are right. He did not look like a Big Ten caliber quarterback.
0: No, right there with you. So Iowa jumps out 35 nothing, wins it 49-7. They score a touchdown in the third quarter, something that had been a bit of a problem, so at least for a week that one's off their back and we can turn our attention forward here. Michigan State, not very good. Looked like the team we saw in week one against Rutgers and the Michigan game might be a mirage, or just Michigan is also pretty bad. Minnesota on deck. It's hate week, and uh, we will certainly get to that a little bit later on. I know we have some punning to talk about. Tory Taylor. He continued the special teams as a whole. Little Chuck. I'll tell you, Charlie Jones. That dude. He knows how to return to football.
1: That's right. We have always been a podcast that, that loves our punters. You know, we we uh, we've always appreciated the. the the punting is winning philosophy. And, uh, you know, Saturday was pretty much the epitome of that. There was uh, great punting. There was great punt coverage. There was great punt returning. It was uh, basically p- punting porn out there, Trent. So, uh, I, you know, obviously, anytime we, we find something, an angle to, to dig deep into, who do we turn to?
0: Stat boy, He's ready to go with some punt numbers, huh?
1: Yeah, you know, you know, we've been doing this long enough. you got to get creative with what you want Stat Boy to look into. and uh, So I gave Stat Boy some, some assignments on punting just to see uh, where this team sits on, on punting and punt returning and, and just whether this is going to be an all-time great uh, team when it comes to those categories. But before we stop we into the time machine, Charles, I, I think – you and I have talked about it before, but how important is uh, LeVar Woods to this team? I really hope and kind of worry that he may not be here for very much longer if we don't uh, adjust his role because he seems like he should be probably more than just a special teams coordinator.
0: That's a good point. And a guy that certainly has put together a resume from his days when he started out in the coaching ranks after his NFL career to where he is now, Special teams are important, and Iowa knows that, but is there a bigger job out there? Is there a bigger place, a coordinator role somewhere that he could go? and Or maybe even just go in a different route, and he decides, and we've seen special teams coach turn out to be really good head coaches even before being coordinators, that that could be a route for him. He has something to certainly chew on.
1: Well, it's just impressive. that you know, They've put him in multiple different roles, and he has been incredibly successful in all of them. Um, you know, and that just shows me that, you know, it doesn't really matter what the, uh, the role is. He's, he's, he knows what he's doing. He knows football and, uh, he obviously knows, you know, young college kids because he certainly seems to get the, the you know, <laughs> it's not easy in college all these days to get kids to buy into being a special teamer. And he certainly seems to, uh, get the most out of, of guys like Terry Roberts. And, you know, last year it was you know, Devante Young and they, uh, they embrace their role and are really good at it.
0: Tory Taylor, the Aussie, the old Aussie. First football game you ever saw, a college football game, came at ross Stadium in the uh, first game. So what did Stat Boy unearth for us this week after Tory Taylor goes out there, averages, what, over 46 yards a punt again last week on seven punts? What's the Stat Boy got?
1: Before uh, we dig too deep into the numbers, I think we need to come up with a nickname for Tory Taylor. We, uh... We coined Rock and Ron Kaluzi a few years back, and, and I'm putting in my vote for a uh, Tory the Torpedo Taylor. Uh, <laughs> Tor- I think the Australian, the Australian names are too easy for him. So I, I like Torpedo, but uh, I'm open to other suggestions.
0: All right, well hit us up on Twitter at jsoc or at Trent Condit, and uh, give us some suggestions. A good dick name, yeah. Rock and Ron and Kaluzi, hard to beat Rock and Ron, but Torpedo, huh? That's where you're going. All right, all right, Torpedo. That's it the grows on you, that's the early. Leader of the clubhouse. All right, so we're working on a nickname. As uh, right, Here's something stupid. So in order to be eligible for the NFL draft, I know, we're talking about a punter here, but you have to be three years removed from your graduating high school class. Would we be able to see Tory Taylor, really, for all intents and purposes, be the first player to leave after his freshman season for the NFL?
1: I think technically, yes, he could, but uh, I think it may be getting a little bit ahead of oh, ourselves. Yeah. Probably, sense. probably, just a little I, I don't know if there's a, a, a clamoring for him at the NFL level at this point. But, yeah, I think to answer your question, yes. I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over whether he's leaving the, <laughs> after this year.
0: <laughs> probably a good call there. What step we got for us this week? Well, he dug
1: into two things, Trent. First, the, the punting and then the punt returning. Let's start with the punting. Torrey Taylor's averaging over 46 yards a punt so far, which would uh, put him, if he kept that up for the rest of the year, it would be the second best in Iowa history behind the obvious, which is? Reggie Roby. Yes. Do you remember how many yards per punt Reggie Roby averaged in 1981?
0: Did, was there a year where he was at like 49.9 or 50.1, something like that? 49.8
1: yards a okay. punt that year, and he punted like 48 times. So it wasn't like it was a... Just a few punts either. So, uh, yeah, 49.8. So I don't think Torrey Taylor is going to break that record. Um, my dad did mention that in 1981, part of the reason Roby uh, averaged 49.8 is he was not required to be um, the, the pooch punter. Um, the older Olin Zach was actually the pooch punter that year in 81. So he got a few punts in. Reggie was only required to come in when it was time to boom him. So uh, that certainly helps your average.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And does it look like uh, we're going to see Ryan Gersande doing anything like that for the Hawks this year?
1: No, because the amazing thing about Taylor, as good of a punter as he is with uh, Booming, he might even be better at uh, pooch punting. More than half of his punts have been inside the 20 this year. And the amazing thing, Trent, he's punted 15 times. Want to guess how many of those 15 have been returned? Two. One. And the more amazing thing, that return... Went backwards. Went for negative eight yards. So uh, we are not only have a great punter, but right now we are easily leading the nation in punt coverage because our, we have given up a total of negative eight yard punting or punt return yards on the year. So that means our net punting average comes out to 46.47, which is second in the nation to Nevada. So the Wolfpack have 46.56. So, If if you're watching the Nevada Wolf Pack this week, Trent, uh, be cheering for either a a shank or a a long return, one or the other, so we can officially become the the best punting team in the nation this year.
0: All right. So uh, there's some initial numbers from young Tory. What else?
1: Well, let's flip it over to your man Chuck Jones. (laughs) He is fifth in the nation right now in punt return yardage. He's averaging 15 yards per return. He's returned 10 of them for 150 which if he keeps that up, that would be the third-best return yardage average per year in Iowa history. Can you guess who the two people who have had higher uh, return averages per punt
0: over the course of a year? Well, I'm going to guess one is Tim Dwight.
1: Correct. And he actually actually owns the first and the second-best. In 1996, he averaged 19 yards of return and had two touchdowns. And then in 97, he outdid himself and averaged 19.3 a return and aver- and had three touchdowns. So uh, Chuck's got a ways to go to catch the legendary Timmy D. But uh, I think he can get number the second best because the second best, uh, best was 15.7 uh, in, a- in a full year. And that was it's in this decade. Who do you think did it?
0: Well, if I remember correctly, Kevante Martin Manley returned two in one game. So that's where my mind immediately went.
1: And you are correct. He averaged 15.7 in that year, 2013. But that was heavily, heavily skewed because he had over almost 200 yards returned in, in that one game with the two returns. So uh, he's number two. The rest of the list, as you go down, Andy Brodell averaged 14.4 in 2007. Dez King averaged 14.2 in 2015. Razor Ramon Pachoa averaged 12.4 in 2000. 13 or uh, 2003, and Ed Hinkle averaged 12 in 2002. So uh, when you're looking at the Ferentz era, if Charlie can keep it up, he's uh, going to be the best in the Ferentz era, but would not pass uh, Timmy D in the Hayden Fry era.
0: And I believe those two punt returns for Cavante Kev- Martin Manley came against Phil Fleck and uh, Western Michigan at the time.
1: Well, that, that's and that's a good segue into uh, into. Se- I guess Friday night's game, Trent. i got to get used to saying Friday night. But uh, that's an interesting thing. because That's kind of what I was going to segue into anyway, is that that could be a key advantage for us on Friday because as good as our special teams have been, that's how atrocious the uh, the mighty Gophers have been. They averaged 33 yards a punt, and as we all know, they lost uh, the Maryland game by shanking an extra point. So uh, special teams could play an important role Friday night.
0: Very well could. Minnesota is getting some of their guys back, including the kicker. I think also their punter is back now. So they've been battling COVID issues, injury issues all over the place. The team that we've seen the last few weeks, I think Minnesota is going to be better than what we've seen. But from where I saw this game before the season, I figured they were going to be dynamic offensively and okay defensively. I thought it's certainly going to be a step back from a year ago. They're so bad on that side of the football, though, defensively there, that – I think this is a game I was going to have to score, but I'm not as nervous as I was before the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. But, you know, Trent, any time we've always you – know, we say that a lot, It's a game where Iowa's going to score, and how many times the next week we come back and say we didn't score enough. So, you know, this is one of those games until Iowa proves different, uh, I, I just don't have a good feeling about this game because I, I agree with you. I think the Gophers are going to put up some points on us. They are incredibly physical. Um, you know, Mo Abraham has 97 rushes in those three games this year, including 71 in the last two. So uh, you may not like Phil Fleck. Uh, he's very easy to dislike, but uh, they do have an identity. They are a uh, they are built themselves into a smash-mouth, you know, running football team, run-first team. And uh, as we saw a couple weeks ago with Northwestern, uh, that didn't work out very well for the Hawks. So uh, hoping for the best, but uh, concerned a little bit for Friday
0: night. Well, for the record, I do not like Phil Fleck. Just just let the record show that I think the guy's a tool. <laughs> <tramp>. <laughs> but uh, another note for this one, too. Joe Rossi, who looks like a go- guy that would like to hang out with Phil Fleck, their defensive coordinator, he will return this week. He'll be back at it after missing last week's game against Illinois as he uh, went through covid 19 protocol so he will be back up there maybe pushing some right buttons and they played better against Illinois but again it's Illinois who's having their own set of issues over there Rashawn Bateman's a stud he'll make plays Tanner Morgan is a good solid quarterback I think maybe got a little bit overrated for what he was a year ago we'll see I, I like Iowa this week we'll get to our picks here in just a little bit but biz let's talk about uh not a one and two football team Let's talk about a preseason top five basketball team. How about that? The AP poll comes out this week, and the Hawkeyes at number five.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I don't know what your thoughts are, Trent. Is number five uh, too high, too low, just right? What do
0: you think? I think it's way too high. This team lost 11 games last year. This team is not bringing in a stud one-and-done kind of prospect here, and this team still is not very good on the defensive end of the floor. Top 15? Sure. Top 10? Maybe. Top 5? I think the expectations are getting way out of whack with this team. I think they're going to be good. think they're going to be solid. But are they going to win the first regular season crown since 1979? Are they going to get to the first Final Four since 1980? I just don't see it with this group.
1: I'll go other way with it. I think number 5 is about right for them. I think college basketball is such a a different world these days that when you can get a team that has as much experience coming back as we do, I mean, what was the stat? Our starting five is going to be, average age is going to be almost 22 years old by the time they tip off later this, this month. That's that's incredible. And, you know, I, I just look at the teams that are below us, six through ten, I, I'm not sure any of those teams are, you know, it's it's not like when, when you and I were young, Trent, and everybody, you, you knew... <laughs> You knew everybody starting five coming back and you knew, you know, it was incredibly deep. So I I'm you know, five five may be a little too high, but I don't think it's it's out of whack. This team can be I legitimately believe this can be a top five team down the road.
0: In order to do that, they gotta be better defensively. And they don't have to be look, we're not we're not talking about a team that's gonna go up there and be one of the best teams in the country. They're gonna play at a high pace, they're gonna give up points, but they at least have to be able to get some stops. How does that happen? What, what, what buttons does Fran touch? Because he's had a couple of good defensive teams. Now, the biggest piece of that was Adam Woodbury was in the middle. He was great on high hedges. He was a very good defensive player. And not doing it as a shot blocker, but just being such a plus defender on there. How does Iowa get back, not even to those levels, but say top 50 nationally in defensive efficiency?
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, Trent. I mean, this wasn't a terrible defensive team last year. I mean, they were bad. Fran, Fran has had some terrible defensive yes. teams, as you and I know. Last year was not. They were mediocre, and you know, I think a couple reasons I'm cautious, optimistic that they can be better than mediocre on, on defense. One, I think Joe Toussaint can can develop into a a true defensive star. And I uh, I think when you add in, you know, Patrick McCaffrey, I think he can be a very good defensive player as well. So I think we're we're uh we're not gonna be great. I mean it's never gonna be what Fran's known for. But you know, this is it's such an experienced group, I would hope that they uh what they lack for in, in athleticism on the defensive end, hopefully they can make up for with uh, cohesion and, and communication because you know that's everybody always talked about that's what made Woodbury is such a great defender. Was his ability to communicate and read things. And you know, I would certainly hope with a group that's been together this long that they uh, they at least at least know and trust each other on the defensive end. So I don't know. It, it, we're never going to win games. You know, we're not going to beat Wisconsin, but uh, we just can't be terrible on that end.
0: Speaking of Wisconsin, uh, the odds are out to win the Big Ten crown this year. This is from DraftKings, and not just the DraftKings in Iowa, but across the country. Iowa is installed as the favorite to win the Big Ten this year. Again, mention that number, 1979. Plus 265 for the Hawkeyes to win the regular season crown. The second choice is Wisconsin. Right behind them, plus 350. Plus 355 for Illinois and Michigan State at plus 360. There's your top four. Out of that group and out of those prices, I like Illinois the best. Who uh, who do you like at those prices?
1: Uh I'm just going to pass, Trent. Uh, To me, that is such a dumb thing to put those odds out until you know the schedule. I mean, the Big Ten schedule will dictate who's going to win the Big Ten. Wisconsin wasn't the best team in the Big Ten last year, but they they had an incredibly favorable schedule compared to the other good teams, and they took care of that schedule in the back half. I mean, if we find out next week that our schedule consists of having to play – you know, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois, all of them twice, and Wisconsin only has to play those same teams once, mm-hmm. then I'm putting my money on Wisconsin. But obviously if you flip flop those and we only have to play those top four or five teams, you know, a total of five or six times instead of eight or nine times, you know, it's it's so schedule dependent. I mean, it's just I know that's uh it's a, a cop out to say that, but Ask me again next week when I see the schedule, and I'll give you a a, a confident answer. Because it's when you play 20 games, and you know, which means you got to play what nine, eight teams twice, and the other ones once each, or whatever it is, or seven teams twice. Whoever your double opponents are really going to matter.
0: Interesting, and, and you're exactly right. We sit here on Wednesday, November 11th. The season begins two weeks from today, and we still don't have. A non-conference schedule. We don't have Iowa State's already released both their conference schedule and all their non-conference home games. The game this year for Iowa State, I will be played at Carver. Still don't know when that game is going to be played. So, what what's going on here? What's the wait? What's the holdup? Is it what I continue to believe that they still are thinking in the Big Ten offices about playing conference only this year?
1: No, I don't. I still don't think that's the case. I think they're you know again, I don't know what the Big Ten's thinking, but I mean, they keep, I, I saw, what is it, Western Illinois or something added their schedule out just yesterday or something, and we're on their schedule, so I mean, there's clearly games being scheduled out there, and they're still tying all the loose ends together, I just think, you know, I don't know, I think they're being obviously overly cautious after they jump the gun and look like fools on the uh, on the football end, so I think they're trying to be as patient as they possibly can, and trying to come out, you know, uh, maybe they finally learned from some of their past mistakes. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Maybe, maybe. We we will see on that. All right, Biz, ready to make some picks this week? Yeah, but before we leave basketball, I did have, Stat Boy did send me, as
1: usual, when I send Stat Boy a request, he always overperforms. And this week's overperformance. Do you know the last time we were ranked preseason in the AP pool?
0: last time ranked in the preseason poll 2005
1: you're close 2006 6
0: uh,
1: okay we ranked number 20 in 2006 you know fran teams have never been ranked preseason which which is amazing mm-hmm. considering we've had some you know some pretty darn good teams over the years but uh, you go back and look at it he sent stepway sent me the breakdown between 1981 and 1998 we were ranked in the ap poll preseason 12 times since 1998, between 1998 and 2020, we were ranked a grand total of twice. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's time for Iowa basketball to, to, uh, to have a resurgence here. It, it's been, you know, basically the entirety of our adult lives trying to see mediocre at best basketball.
0: That is true, and uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if the season is and. You talked me into at least being a little bit more optimistic here. I'm still optimistic. I still think they're going to be good. Just these heights, and maybe that's the part that's scaring me away. Last week, uh, our picks did not go well. You did get a victory, though, with Vanderbilt. That was good enough for you to take the lead in our series, season series. I went 0-3, handed out three losers. Let's do uh, three games again. We picked the Iowa game in some level, a Big Ten game, and then our fa- favorite national game, of the week, Biz. Not too bad. One and two, and you take the lead.
1: Well, Just to, just to clarify, Trent, I am 3-0 and oh on my best bet. I'm, oh, just okay, terrible. Okay. I'm, I'm terrible on the Iowa bet and the Big Ten bet.
0: That's what oh. it is. Okay, I got and you.
1: Everybody, everybody can ignore until I get to the best bet, and then once you hear my best bet, go, uh, go mortgage your house on it because it's, it's, you know, it's pretty much a lock at this point.
0: All right, all right. So, uh, well, let's get it out of the way then. Iowa, Minnesota, what do you got for us? Well, I kind of gave you the preview
1: of it earlier. I, I just don't have a great feeling about this game on on Friday night. I and I also last week, I, I like I said, I, I took them for the team and bet against the Hawks. To a, co had been wrong every week, so I'll stick with it. I'm going to take the Gophers plus the three and a half for a couple of reasons. One, I worry about their their physicality. I'm just not sure our D line and front seven can can match up with that. Second, I worried about the cold. I, I don't know if you saw in the uh, Des Moines Register article today, but Spencer Petras played a grand total of one cold football game when he was out in California. It was <laughs> the last game he ever played, it was in the temperature was in the 30s. And you see what his stats were?
0: I'm gonna guess not pretty.
1: Atrocious. I think it was I think 13 for 34, including two for 17 in the second half, and that was the uh, the last game of his high school career. They lost, and. Uh, Ended his career. So I'm still, for all the good things that happened on Saturday, I still am worried about Spencer Petras. He, he didn't really have to do much of anything other than make the simple plays on Saturday. I still worry that any any close game, he's just not ready to uh, to pull us out in the close game. And, and I think Friday will be a close game. So I hope I'm wrong, but give me the Gophers plus three and a half.
0: I'm also on the Gophers plus three and a half. This isn't any kind of reverse jinx or anything like that. But – I had this done before we started the podcast today. I think they're getting healthier. I think they're going to be better. And this is an incredibly important game for Phil Fleck. They have beat everybody in the Big Ten West except for Iowa. A year ago, we remember what happened. Undefeated 9-0 Minnesota makes their way to Kinnick, and they take their first loss there. I think this is a game that's been circled. I think it's a game that's important not just to the football program, but we also know the fan base there as the Who Hates Iowa chance will be ringing even with nobody in attendance. I'm going to grab the Gophers with you and the three and a half. My favorite Big Ten play of the week, it's a little difficult to handicap in some people's mind, but after seeing Michigan, just how future they are, losing to that Michigan State squad, as bad as they look last week, and Wisconsin, yeah, they're coming off of COVID, but we have seen plenty of examples, teams coming off quarantine and playing incredibly well. The Titans did that in the NFL after their couple of weeks away, I think the same thing here. Wisconsin just a lot better football team. I'll lay the four and a half. Give me Bucky in my Big Ten pick.
1: Give me, the, give me the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, given two and a half to Purdue. I, I think this one's pretty simple in my mind. Trent, Northwestern is just a better football team than, than Purdue. We, yeah. We've seen both those two teams, and uh, I just think Northwestern's a better team. And they're, they're given less than a field goal. I don't think there'll be. You know, I don't think home field advantage really matters at all anymore it's going to be at night it's going to be cold i think all of that's advantage wildcats so uh give me the fighting fifths minus two and a half
0: all right finish up with our best bet of the week i am staying away from favorites that has not been good to me in the best bets and just in general i'm an underdog player and i found a juicy one down to the fun belt troy getting 10 and a half against coastal coastal carolina i think they're living on borrowed time even as fun as they are to watch. And a look-ahead spot here with Appalachian State on deck. I'm going to grab Troy and the ten and a half.
1: Well, a Part of the reason I've been successful on my uh, lock is, is I've been able to determine teams that have kind of packed it in on the year. And uh, Florida State, I think, is the uh, definition of that. They are a, a train wreck right now. Uh, they got destroyed by Pitt last week. I think they uh, the one miraculous win they had against North Carolina was a— uh, a complete mirage. Uh, they got to go to NC State this week. Who is not by no means a great team, but they are above average for for the ACC. Uh, they're only given seven to a terrible Florida State team. who's quitting. So, uh, give me the Wolf Pack minus seven.
0: NC State and Chris Corciani minus the seven for Biz's bet. Best and Rodney
1: bet. Monroe, don't forget <laughs> those, those two good you got to combine those
0: together. Yeah, you can't forget Roddy Monroe, uh, that game. Oh, boy. We're, we're going way back in time. Well, let's get out of here. Before we do, though, each and every week, we hit up Business Beat. Hey, kids, gather around for Business Beat of the Day. Okay,
1: here's Business Beat of the Day. <sighs> well, Trent, this week, Business this Beat of the Week, uh, It's pretty simple. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, COVID is winning a lot of football games this week. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Ohio State Maryland got canceled today. More than half the SEC has gotten canceled. Uh, Even even the armed forces are uh, not immune. Air Force last week and I think Navy this week, uh, it's a mess, Trent. And unfortunately, I think it's only going to get worse instead of better. I think you're going to see as the year goes on, you know, you're going to see teams that have started to kind of pack it in be a lot less careful about how they, uh, they handle these types of things. So I don't think it's a coincidence that teams like LSU and Mississippi State are the ones that are uh, having COVID issues. So I'm guessing they're probably not uh, focused on football the way that they probably were at the start of the year. So
0: I hope I'm wrong,
1: Trent, but I think this might be the tip of the iceberg on a really, really messy next
0: couple of months. With that, we will hit the road back at it next week as Penn State is on deck. And, you know, we've talked about the sportsbook odds at Elite Sportsbook. We both jumped preseason. I am a 2-0 and on those preseason bets. Did you see the Iowa-Penn State line is now down two Nittany lines just favored by three and a half?
1: I did not. I think earlier in the year you could have got it more than a touchdown. You could have, yeah, 7.5. Hopefully you jumped on it before the people at Elite woke up and realized their lines were way off.
0: They are off and uh, a little richer because of it because, well, you see these other picks. They have not been very good. Biz, have a good one. We'll talk again soon.
1: All right, go Hawks.